This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Pre-recorded from Joe's mom's basement, welcome to a Wednesday Rewind episode of The Stacking Benjamin Show. Hey everyone, I'm Griffin the Intern, or like our masked mailman likes to call me, the Fintern. Welcome to day two of me phoning it in this week. That didn't really come out the way I meant it to. But what else would you call Joe's mom holding up her phone to the mic so I can get this done? I must say, working remotely is great. Even if I can't get my usual all-you-can-eat pizza from the guys, they assure me that Joe's mom will let me help make cookies the next time I come in. Sounds like a win-win to me. But that got me thinking. While I feel lucky to still be rocking this basement gig, if I do say so myself, a lot of people are looking for new work. Sadly, millions of people. Well, Finn turned to the rescue because I have the perfect show to help people go out on their own and create their own new work. So today, I'll give you Stacking Benjamins episode 566, Freelance Your Way to Freedom with Vincent Puglisi. Between photographing every national sports championship, rest in peace sports, man I miss sports on TV, and even photographing four presidents, Vincent is no stranger to the freelance game. But Vincent didn't start out as an esteemed photographer. His debt to freelance story is an inspiring conversation to anyone who thinks they just can't do it. Yes, you can, and Vincent will hopefully inspire you to try. Of course, this is the Stacking Benjamin Show, so there will be headlines, trivia, and plenty more to dive into on this episode. His episode originally came out in 2018, so try to ignore any giveaways or contests you hear about. Fin turn out. Stand by for an urgent message from the crack team at Stacking Benjamins. So, G, you coming to Seattle with me on Friday, 6 to 8? Oh, I would love to, except I wasn't invited, so. What do you mean you're always invited? You are totally always invited. I'm always welcome, you mean. I'm just never invited. You found the loophole. Well, the bad news is, guys, OG's not going to be there, but I'll be there. And I've never been to this place. So it's uh, 1221 East Pike Street, which is in the Capitol Hill neighborhood, I guess. It's called uh. Elysian. Yeah, of course. Elysian Brewing. So let me know that you're coming so we have enough room for everybody. Looks like we're going to have a nice little group of us. Nice little group of stackers hanging out. Minus OG. So sad you can't make it, man. Maybe next time. <laughs> Six to eight Friday. Hope you can join us in Seattle. from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and picture this. You, somewhere with headphones on, or in your car, or on the train, maybe out on your run. Me? I'm pictured introducing award-winning sports photographer Vincent Puglisi, who paid off over $140,000 of debt and freelanced his way to freedom. Plus, we'll snap off a couple of headline shots, develop some answers for the Haven Lifeline, and still leave time to expose some of the best trivia on the interwebs. And now, two guys who think freedom means a six-pack of foamy beverages and chili cheese fries, Joe and O-J-J-J-J-J-G. freedom means chili cheese fries i haven't had chili cheese fries i can't remember the last time i had them but it sounds like something i should probably avoid when you say chili cheese fries i'm like what am i hung over <laughs> is it 2 30 in the morning it sounds like a really good idea right now but i know like 40 minutes after <laughs> eating them it becomes a really bad idea right you're full of chili cheese fries and regret right 
Hey, everybody. I'm Joe Salci. I average all money on Twitter. Welcome to the hump day edition of the Stacky Benjamin Show. Across the rickety card table here in my mom's basement is the one and only other guy, or as we call him, OG. I am the one. Man, I don't Vince, know if I'm the only. <laughs> Vincent Puglisi coming down to the basement. Have you seen this guy's photography? Super cool. He is that what, stuff, like that artsy stuff. And I don't mean that negatively, like those synapses do not fire in my brain. Well, when you can combine for me art with sports like he does going to all the major yeah. sporting events in the United States and taking pictures just to make I mean, wait to ask him about to, that. I'm happy to bring up, you know, my iPhone to the next Super Bowl. Be like, hey, uh, press pass. Please. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm good. I got it, man. Yeah, you're taking selfies, you in the field. Yeah. No, no, this is for Sports Illustrated. Really? <laughs> Trust me. I'll use my badge from FinCon that says OG on it. Well, the good news is, is that the ticket might be right offable, right? Totally. Yeah. Everything's right offable. <laughs> on that note, support for Stacky Benjamins comes to us from TurboTax Live, new from TurboTax. Now you can get a personal review of your tax return with a CPA or EA right on your screen. Quickly connect to a tax expert via one-way video as often as you need for answers and advice on your taxes. You can even have an expert review your return before you file, make any necessary changes, and it's all backed with a 100% accuracy guarantee. File with complete confidence. Connect with a TurboTax Live expert today at TurboTaxLive.com slash SB. That's TurboTaxLive.com forward slash SB. Stack of Benjamins is also supported by MagnifyMoney.com because all of those things you use every day, you know what? Did you walk into a bank and just say, what's the best you got? That's probably what you did. That's what most people do. Magnify Money has over 92% of the best and brightest stuff out there, whether it's for your checking account, your savings account, if it's time to refinance those student loans, new credit card, consolidation loan, whatever it might be, Magnify Money has all your financial products in one place. They make it very easy to compare, ditch, switch, and save. Head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. The average person saves 450 bucks when they go there. All right. We're going to save people some money. We're going to help them maybe get away from that nine to five and freelance their way to freedom with our new friend, Vincent Puglisi. But first we got the headlines, so let's move. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. The first headline comes to us from Jeff Benjamin over at Investment News. Growth of health savings accounts opens new market for financial advisors. Uh, this piece says the increasing popularity of health savings accounts is creating a new avenue for financial advisors to add value while also adding assets under management. Health savings accounts hold nearly $45 billion now. $45 billion. They're like the super, super Roth now. Having grown from less than $10 billion since the 2010 passage, the Affordable Care Act helped make HSA so popular. The growth trajectory, which is assets essentially doubling every three years to a projected $64 billion by the end of 2019, has the potential to become a niche service for financial advisors. Because, OG, reading through this, most of that money sitting in cash. People are contributing to HSAs, and a lot of it's sitting in cash when maybe it doesn't need to. Well, I think that when it comes to HSAs, they're just starting now to become accepted you know, nationally as a long-term savings vehicle. You know, a lot of times people were using their HSAs like they use their flexible spending accounts, thinking like, hey, I put the money in, I got to take the money out. And it takes a little while to recognize that that you don't have to do it that way. You can leave the money in an HSA, unlike a flexible spending account or dependent care account where you do have to zero it out. Do you think it also took people a couple of years to or a few years to build up a cash reserve just in case. I mean, really what the money's there for is if you do have a health problem, right? So maybe the first couple of years, people left all that money in cash. And a lot of people should leave some money in cash because if something bad happens, that's where you're going to go. That's what it's for, right? So a health savings account is tied to a high deductible plan. So a high deductible plan means you have to pay a lot of money before the insurance kicks in. And so if you have a large healthcare expense year, uh, you're going to want to have access to cash you know, to be able to pay those deductibles. And so what we recommend is always fill up your HSA in cash to the amount that your deductible is for the year. And then everything above that, start investing. Yeah, good stuff there. You don't want to just leave your HSA sitting all in cash because, man, just the, I mean, inflation will bury you, right? 
on that money. Well, especially healthcare inflation. <laughs> Great point. Our second piece comes to us from Napa-Net, the National Association of Plan Advisors, those people that handle 401ks and pension funds. Tax reform fuels more 401k contributions. I thought this was interesting. Visa is the last firm to credit tax reform with the boost to its 401k plan. Visa says it's now going to match 200% of contributions up to 5% of base pay, up from a 200% match of up to 3% of base pay at present. That's a big jump. They're also planning to step up their current default contribution rate from 3% to 5% to encourage use of the program. Last week, Nationwide announced it would increase its 50% matching contributions from 6 to 7% of employee salaries, along with a one-time bonus of $1,000 to workers. SunTrust Bank has announced a 1% 401k contribution to retirement savings. This piece, as you can see, just goes over company after company changing the game for their 401ks. And my point here isn't about the tax law. It's about things change all the time, OG. You got to review what's going on with your company because just because you knew what was going on last year could be a whole different game like it is for a lot of companies in 2018. Well, this is fantastic for the people that work for these, you know, gosh, a 200% match at Visa. My goodness. Well, it all comes on a Visa gift card. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be horrible? With a 99 cent swipe fee and a monthly maintenance fee of two dollars and fifty cents, like the like the gift card issues that, that go around. Uh, imagine being that executive meeting. Just yeah. kidding, Visa employees. We're, it's, it's like, not how it works. Maybe I'm not kidding. How fantastic is this? Last week we talked about making sure that you kind of buck the trend and use this tax reform to increase your own personal net worth and don't succumb to the pressure of everyone else and spend your money and increase the world's GDP. You want to keep the money in your own pocket. And uh, some companies are kind of helping you do that. So it's great. It always makes sense to pay attention, but some years are better than others when it comes to paying attention, right? This year, like most years will tell you, you want to pay attention. This year, you really, really, really want to pay attention because your paycheck's going to change. You might have a different match. I mean, you're going to see a lot of change. Obviously, the whole healthcare, there's a lot coming in healthcare this year, I'm sure. We have no idea what's going to happen there, but tons and tons of change this year. Well, imagine if you weren't paying attention to your 401k notices and you didn't know that your matching just went from, you know, 5% to 8% and you kept and you had your 401k at 5%, you know, you're missing out on all that free money. So there's other times too, people have big birthdays. Like when you turn 50, there's uh, catch up contributions that happen. So Ooh, how's that going to work out for you? <laughs> I got to talk to my employer. Got to go talk to mom <laughs> and see, see how we can work see, that. She- Give you a few extra cookies in the jar. Yeah, she'll give me an extra half slice of key lime pie. There's your ketchup. Right, not good. I think the lesson here, number one, we've said it 30 times already, big year to pay attention to what's going on at work and the tax reform law. And number two is HSAs, don't just leave that stuff in cash. If you don't need the money here soon, let's get that money invested for the long term. Vincent Paglise coming down to the basement. He has been a professional photojournalist for more than 23 years, has been assigned to photograph only four U.S. presidents, only four of them, OG. Is that all? Yeah. Nearly every major sporting event, including multiple Super Bowls, the World Series, the NHL Finals, NCAA Final Four, and everything in between. Vincent's work's been published in most major newspapers, magazines, and online publications throughout the world. But today, he's not talking in pictures, he's talking in words, OG. Because Vincent Puglise coming down to the basement to talk about freelancing your way to freedom. Sitting down here at the rickety card table in the basement, Vince Puglisi joins us. Welcome, man. How are you, dude? You got the family here. Got the, they're in the they're by the lake right now. Mom's ecstatic. Mom never has this many people here. She's like, we never have guests that come in. Like people come here and they just come by themselves. But yeah. you brought, I mean, everybody. We're on the road. That is good. How's the road? It's going really well. Day five. You've, see, I, and I'm surprised at day five that you're still saying it's going well. Because with my family, you met my son, Nick. Yeah. With my family, we go on the road. It's about uh, hour four that I'm pretty much done. I think it's kind of like you know it's going to be much longer. So you don't let, if it was seven days, it'd probably be like, okay, we're enough. But we know we're going to be going for three months. So it's kind of like, okay, yeah. We, we've had our, I mean, literally, as we left, me and Andrew were having an argument. 
like we're leaving on this big trip and we're, me and my 12 year old are having an argument I'm like that's a great way to start the trip <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh that's such a perfect trip I'm like it's already not perfect we haven't even started yet <laughs> well i want to start from the beginning of your book which was in 2008 my wife elizabeth and i gained our financial freedom is literally the way that you start the introduction to freelance to freedom tell me what that looks like what does your day look like now with financial freedom it's completely different than it used to look. It changes. Like right now, I mean, today, is we're, we're going on the road. So it's, it's, but every day, essentially, we get to do what we want to do. And we should tell people what it is that you do. Because what you do, a lot of our audience is going to think is pretty cool. I don't even know what I do anymore. It's, it's, a, it's a combination. Like by trade, I'm a photographer. I'm a sports photographer. I'm a, a documentary journalist. That's what, that's what got us here. But that's all shifted. Yeah, I still do that. Like I'll be going back to Pittsburgh for the championship game if they make it. And then the Super Bowl, I'll be photographing that. But it's so much less than it used to be. It used to be a lot more weddings and corporate work. And then even the newspaper before that and freelance before that. But that's kind of phased away since this, in this book and everything that's come out. It's, it's a lot more in terms of I run mastermind groups. I have coaching. I, I teach everybody now what we learned over the last 20 years of doing this. Yeah, so. but do you miss the photography part? Because I see your pictures. I mean, I was flipping through with a friend of mine some of your football photography, yeah. and it just it's amazing. And I can imagine sitting on the end zone watching the big game, and you've got a front row seat to everything. I was just there, the Steelers-Patriots game, oh. the, the leaning over the goal line, the big contract. I got the picture of him, and so you look over here like, oh, he should have been a catch. You know? Are you just hitting the, and maybe this is off topic, and half of the people listening are like, well, why are you asking that <laughs> dumb question? But are you just hitting the shutter button like over and over and over, hoping that you get it, and then you're sorting through a thousand pictures? I don't. I started way back in the, where way back. I would photograph the NHL, and we would use strobes in the arena, so we would, every four seconds we'd be able to fire a frame because the lights would go off for trading cards or magazines so it was lit from that so i'd fire one frame and then it would have to recycle so it taught me timing and patience to where even now like everybody lays down the mojo i don't i'm still timing it a lot more because that's the challenge of it so i yeah i'd probably do a lot better if i did lay down on it but i don't i just kind of like are you it. in the game though is your head in the game or are you like this is a big play yeah, I don't know what's going on when people go, who got injured? Or, you know, I just, I have to know play to play. Like, is he going to a wide receiver? Where, where are his eyes going? What's the body language? Like, you, you, I watch it on TV and I could tell you, like, okay, I think this is going to happen now. Or the penalties before they even happen, as they happen, I see it. My wife's like, how do you know that? Like, I'm looking at it every single play. You know this. It kind of takes the fun out of the game right. when you're shooting it because you don't really get to enjoy. Like, on a big touchdown, like when Juju Smith ran for like a 67, almost won the game, I don't even hear the crowd. Yeah. You're finding them, you're focusing, you're shooting, and then then you come down and you realize, why my, why do my ears hurt? Because they were screaming, 80,000 people, like, oh, I guess everybody else is watching too, but I'm just shooting it. That being in the moment, I mean, people just see you with your only your fingers moving, so like, what an easy job, but that focus is the hard part. It's got to be exhausting. The focus and the movement and the light and yeah. the, you know, people getting in your way and the TV guys and all that stuff. It's just, it's madness and it's, it's fun. So now for you and your spouse, Elizabeth, and your three sons, though, it pretty much is you do what you want to do yes. to a certain extent. Yeah. So in terms, I'm still a sports photographer. I just do what I want to do. I don't want to do the $150 assignment on Wednesday night versus Winnipeg in, in February. I don't, I never want to do it. I wanted to do the big stuff consistently. So I have my connections that I've built up over 20 years. And that's a big part of the book in terms of everything else is relationships and building those and, and giving and, and giving back. And then that stuff comes back to you. So I've built up relationships where I go, you know, I walked into the Stanley Cup final two years ago in Pittsburgh. And I hadn't shoot a game all year. Until the cup winning game. Wow. And everybody was so mad at me. Because like we're busting our butt all year to do it. And you walk in like, I've been trying to explain like how this can work. But they didn't really, you know, they're kind of used to the old school mentality of like, you have to do it this way. I'm like, I don't want to do it that way. I want to get in with the areas where I can do what I want to do. So I have my time freed up to do everything else. Because you don't make a very good living as a sports photographer. Or, you know, it, it just doesn't. Um, so we did weddings. And that's what really helped us out with that. And then corporate work. So as our everything went better and, you know, our money went up and our debt went down. Then we started raising our prices more because we could. When everybody else needed the money, we didn't. So like, might as well be higher priced. So then we started doing going from 35 weddings to 20 to 15 to... But you're 15, just yeah. to be clear to everybody, your 15 is maybe at the same rate that the 35 was before. Or more. Or yeah. more. Yeah. So now we're making as much money with 15 weekends as we used to make with 40, which those 40 weddings, we used to make the same money working 240 days a year at a job. So we just keep freeing up more and more time. I think people don't understand that, Vince, is that when you... There's a big difference between having to think about the next meal mm -hmm. and think about a strategy for long-term success. Yeah. Like if I've got to worry about what I'm going to have for dinner tonight, I can't think about building an empire. Well, that's where we started. 
And that's we start. We were making thirty-two thousand dollars a year. I was making thirty-two. My wife was making thirty, and I had won the biggest award in the field. I, I actually want to start before that. Okay. Yeah. Let's okay. go so even back. Yeah. 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 Let's go even back further because because I want to go back to the beginning. One hundred forty thousand dollars in debt, fifteen dollar an hour job, baby on the way. Yep. Uh, that all. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, baby on the way is great, but you couple that with the five dollar an hour job or fifteen dollar an hour job and one hundred forty thousand dollars in debt. That pretty much sucks. Pretty much. Sucks. Like you're tied to that. I love this quote you have at the beginning of the book. Money isn't the most important thing in life, but it's up there with oxygen. They got to have it scale. And you didn't have any. That was a Zig Ziglar quote that like, I just resonated with me. We, we didn't have it. And it was in the journalism world. Like people are like, I don't care about money. I'm like, baloney. Why do you come to this job every day? You could take these pictures on your own. Right. You can go out and photograph in the woods. Yeah. You don't need to get paid. You don't need to go do that for a newspaper. You're doing it for the money. But it's, we fool ourselves, especially coming from the journalism world where it's like you do it because you love it. Like, that's great. But you don't have to do it when somebody else is telling you what you're getting paid and when you work and when you could take a vacation. I loved it. At the same time, I loved it for the for the job that I got to do. Yeah. But the existence of it was miserable in terms of like I had to ask 10 months in advance for a vacation. It's like, oh no, sorry, somebody already took that. So now I can't go with my family. I'm like, I have no freedom. And that word kept hitting with me. I have no freedom. I get to do these school assignments, but I'm like, I could also shoot the Colts or Titans or Rams games for somebody else where I'm not employed full time. So it was a love-hate relationship. It really was. But, but, but like a lot of people that listen to this show, you didn't have great money lessons. No. In fact, a story that really resonated with me was a story about your dad. You went to tell this story. You went to school one day and your dad was on the couch, yeah. which was fine until you said, like a paragraph later, I came home from school. He was still, still, on the couch. still on the couch. What was going on? Well, my dad had his own business. My mom worked for the government. She so had a steady job. So I would hear both sides. I'd hear, you know, get a good job with benefits, steady pay, you know, security. And my dad always had his own businesses. Good or bad, he always did his own thing. And I kind of lean that way a lot. I watched him. But then he had a partnership, which I learned a lot about. That night before, he learned that his partner emptied out the bank accounts, $135,000. They had all these unfinished jobs. He was a draftsman, so all these construction jobs, unfinished. And the guy left town. All the money. So all of a sudden, our you know Long Island, New York, our, our normal life just literally like ended. Now I'm 15 years old, so I'm I'm not easy to deal with anyway at 15 years old. <laughs> it's me and my brother and my dad with his business. So we fought I mean, life was just awful. It was hard. I ran away a bunch of times, you know, only to come back because I had no money. You know, I'm 16 years old. But your dad had no money either. No. And you're watching your dad. He's miserable. You're miserable. We almost lost the house. It was a month away from them taking the house from us. And, you know, I was supposed to go to college, but I didn't have the grades at that point anyway. I didn't care. And they couldn't afford to send me anyway. So it was like, it was a really tough couple of years. You got handcuffed at one point. I got arrested. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you know, because I, I just, I just didn't have anything going. There's so much of like, you know, us sitting here and talking, the people that you hang out with, and the people that you relate to, and that you spend your time with. The, the whole Jim Rohn quote: "You're the average of the five people." Well, I picked really bad five people to hang around with. I mean, I, I hung around with. It was a lot of fun, but it was a lot of danger. It was people getting in trouble. So I was, you know, started stealing. Then I got arrested. I think yeah. it's, I think it's amazing that it was your dad. That was the one that kind of, I mean, the same guy who you looked at on the couch was the same guy that helped bring you out of it. Yeah. I mean, when that happened, he asked me for a loan. I mean, my dad, but six years later, he turned everything around. I mean, literally to the point where they paid their house off. I think I was 22 at that point, completely turned everything around. I didn't. I went the opposite direction. I, I had just gotten arrested. I was, I was in trouble all the time. I was working at a, you know, a low-paying job, a convenience store. And I literally, in the middle of the night, woke up in a deep sweat that I got caught stealing again. It was this old lady. I still remember her face, gray hair pointing at me. She said, I got you. I caught you. And, I st- and it's not even a real old lady. It's not a lady real- from a dream. Yeah. And, and I, I just jumped up and I was like, what am I doing with my life? First time I ever said that. 22. All my other friends had already graduated from college. This is how slow of a learner yeah. I was. And I'm like, what am I doing? And I went downstairs and, and my dad came down and we had been fighting consistently. And he said, and I told him, I just was like, cry. I was so upset. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? And he, and he really nonchalantly, he goes, you like sports? That's all I do is watch sports, right? <laughs> you like sports. You like traveling. You like taking pictures. I have my little point and shoot camera. He said, why don't you take a photography course? You know. And I said to myself, I failed at everything in my life so far. I'll probably fail at this, but at least this sounds cool. Went and bought a camera the next morning and I signed up for community college. For, and from that point on, I just I had a focus and I went after it. First time in my life. It was amazing. I mean, just just that pivot point is so big. And I hear that when I interview people all the time. There's this point in your life where it just can't get any flipping worse. Yep. You know, yep. and, and things gotta change. And I look back and like my friends that, you know, kind of had money behind them or they had a good degree, 
I was fortunate that the best thing that I had was nothing because I had nothing to lose. So I really got to sit back and be like, what do I want to do? And instead of sitting on the couch watching these games, I'm like, is it possible that I could be on the sidelines photographing these games, like be next to them? That's, so that was my dream. So I would go and I would buy the cheapest ticket to a Mets game or a Yankee game in New York, and I would just sneak down to the front and I would ask the photographers questions. That's how I started my career. So as you were alluding to earlier, you were at Ohio U, and uh, you won the William Randolph Hearst uh, National Championship, highest award for college photography. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, I hear a lot, chase your passion, right? Your dad told you that, chase mm-hmm. your passion, and you did. But what's funny is, so you get rid of one set of problems, but now you're out of college, you got this budding career, and there's this whole new set of problems. So you meet your spouse, Elizabeth, yeah. who I met, who's way better than you, by the way. Totally. Way, way better than you. I don't know what she's doing with you, but anyway. Okay. The- <laughs> that's, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> but early married life, the two of you move to Evansville, yeah. and you immediately do what it sounds like, you know, most people think of as the American dream, right? Which is kind of the American stupidity. Yeah. You buy a house, go Car- through that. I had no debt. Leaving school, no debt. Because even before that, I didn't like it. I saw what went on with my dad, and I didn't want to owe anybody money. Because I saw my dad being, you know, what what happened to him. So I didn't have credit cards. I, I didn't have a car payment. I was really different even then. But I went right back into it. Got the full time job. Everybody else has the mortgage, so I got the mortgage. Got a car payment. We had Elizabeth student loans. We started buying, you know, the fur. You got a house. You got to furnish it, right? And a lot of the stuff you talked her into. I love the oh, story totally. about you talked her into a big screen TV. TV. Oh, we needed the TV, right? <laughs> fifty. It was like back then. It was like the fifty inch, like the fat one. That was huge. She didn't watch TV. She's like, okay, all right. So it's like, so we got the. That was a crazy story. We got the the card, you know, from the store. And we did the whole installment thing. Everybody's like, oh, it's free money. Well, it turns out we paid it in full because I was I was at least somewhat conservative. Turns out we never got a bill for nine months. Then we got a bill for the entire amount of the interest, yes. $700. Because nine, they said it, was two, oh, it wasn't $2,500. It was $2,509. You didn't pay those nine cents. We never got a bill for it. And they charged us seven. I flipped out. I called. I was, And we finally got it waved away. And I was like, no. It's sad that you have to. When I was reading that, I thought you were dealing with, with a credit agency. They just don't care. No. I mean, at that point, the debt's written off. I was surprised you got that. I was too. Got that taken well, care I, of. That's the one, you know, you come from New York and you're kind of hard. Like, I wasn't giving up. You I want was, a piece of me? Yeah, I was not giving up. <laughs> but you're kind of skipping ahead with that because at that point, you were on the road to redemption. So now we enter where we kind of started off today with now you're $140,000 in debt, $15 an hour job, baby on the way. Tell the story about uh, riding through Southern Illinois. By the way, I've ridden down the spine of Southern Illinois on uh, what, I-55? So, What's that Michael Keaton joke from Mr. Mom? 55, 57, whatever it whatever takes. takes. yeah. Right? Whichever one gets yeah, me to Caro right. at the bottom. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I've ridden that road. Not not the most exciting road. No. Southern Illinois, we love you, but love you. not the most no, exciting road. I have great road. memories, but I would just drive out there and there was nothing really out there. So, you know, this is before, you know, iPhone. And I'm, list- I'm flicking through the radio stage, looking for music or sports talk. It's all I listened to. And I heard this, like, conversation about money. But it was interesting. Like, that sounded so boring. Like, like I was your journalist. I don't care about money. But it was like... You know, no, they're talking about relationships and they're talking about all these different. I'm like, this is interesting. I didn't know what it was. And you think it's some hillbilly guy. I love your quote. It's some hillbilly guy. And you think you just doubled his listenership. That's exactly. <laughs> I thought it was some guy in some, you know, backyard, like doing like a radio show. There's like, there's like, you know, one person listening. And so I went back. To, so then literally the next day I got an assignment and I'm like, and I volunteered for him. Like, I want to see if I could find that station again. And I found it same time of day. And then finally I'm listening. I'm listening. It's like, this is the Dave Ramsey show. I'm like, okay. So I wrote it down and I went back and I asked, nobody had heard of him. Nobody in my newspaper, I'm like, guys, this show is awesome. Like, you got to listen to this. Nobody cared. So I'm like, I, so I went back. So I kept volunteering. Nobody wanted the Southern Illinois assignment. I kept volunteering for it. Just I'm so like, you could listen so to So I could listen to the show because I couldn't get on the internet. I couldn't get anywhere. But the funny thing is I'm, I'm taking all the notes and I'm listening, but I'm doing all the stupid things that he's talking about. Like, I'm nodding along like, yeah, that car payment's stupid. I'm driving in that car payment. Didn't equate until- It's you know, not my problem. It's not my it's your problem. Yeah, yeah, you're doing- Yeah, who's the idiot doing that while you're doing it? He, doing you myself. were talking about that. You're like, I'm in the car with the high car payment, and I'm nodding my head. That guy's an idiot. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I'm into that, and it really started changing the way that I thought about it. I love how you, so you decide all of a sudden that you're going to change- you go back to the office and you tell some dude at work who's like 50, you're like, uh, uh, hey, I'm going to cut up my credit cards. Yeah. Well, how are you going to live is what he said to me. How are you going to? And I was like, with cash. And this was you know, 2003. And everybody thought we were crazy. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, we're done doing this. I'm done living this way. Because I saw the way everybody else lived. 
And it was always paycheck to paycheck. Nobody had any money. Nobody could handle anything if anything went wrong. And we wanted to start a family. It was hard to even get Elizabeth on board at first because that's changing our habits and our lifestyle. But but you had to do the same thing I think that most families had to do. Your spouse can tell you anything. Your significant other, people around you. She had to read the book herself. Yes. Like have this third person come out of the sky and say, this is what we need to do. I kept trying to get her to read the book. She didn't want to read the book. I'm like, come on, you have to just read it. So we're driving to New York to visit my family. And she agreed to read the book. We didn't have kids yet, so we're driving, and I'm watching her out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, seeing if she's still reading it. She's still reading it. And it was a couple hours, and I finally, she closed the book, and it was like that moment. I'm like, this is either going to be where we're going to do what everybody else does for the rest of our life, or we're going to like live an awesome life. And she said, let's do this. Let's get out. Let's pay off our debt. What I love about your story is it's not about the strategy, although the strategy helped. I think it was about the will. It was about just all of a sudden going, no, we can't live this way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had just won the next, like the international sports photographer of the year. Just won. That was 2004. Elizabeth's pregnant. I think Andrew is probably seven months, you know, two months away from being born. And I'm making 32 grand. And I get called into the office for my review, you know, that, that annual review. And, and they read off everything that I've done. We just got flown to DC for the National Geographic Awards for that, for that award. I mean, all the big stuff, everything we've done above and beyond extra hours a week. And my boss said, you know, we, we did the best we could, but we got you a 3% raise. <laughs> And he goes, and he made me feel better. He goes, everybody else got probably nothing, you know, but you, you know, you did so much, you got 3%. And I remember saying to him, I said, no matter what I do, I said, no matter how hard I work, no matter how many extra hours, no matter how many awards, I said to myself, I didn't say it to him, I said, it's over. And this is the career that I've been working on for, you know, a long time. I said, I can't, I looked out in the newsroom, I saw everybody that was just kind of down. And I thought about my son, I thought about my wife, I'm like, we can't. So I said, it's over. I wasn't going to quit right then, but I said, this is going to end. So that was a big deal for us in terms of like that moment. I'm looking for the person that, uh, uh, I mean, people can't see this. It's an audio podcast, but my head's going all over the place because I'm looking for the book. I can't remember who said this. This is going to drive me crazy and I'm not going to get it while we're recording, but great author. Somebody's going to write me and tell me who this is, but said that there's two doors in life. One says security, one says freedom. The person who goes for the security door gets neither. Ooh, that's good. I like that. Now I need to know who that was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I'll come up with it later. Someday I'll put it on uh, our Twitter feed. I love that. Maybe. <laughs> so, uh, you know what's funny is is I'm looking at our time, and I said we'd probably run over, and we have. But a couple of the real keys or surprises. Was it easier than you thought? Was it harder than you thought to get out of debt? It was easier than I thought. It was for me. What we sat down was we put together a dream. We said, what do we want our life to look like? And we said, 10 years from now, we want the freedom to be able to do whatever we want, travel, have control of our schedule. We had just having a baby. So we wanted that. So when we planned that out, we knew getting out of debt, getting control of our time and getting control of our money were key. It wasn't about wealth. That wasn't the big deal. It was time freedom. So that's, I mean, 10 years later, 12 years, that's, where we're at. that's why we're able to do this. So looking back, if you can delay the gratification, you go, this is what I really want. It's easier because you have a reason to do it. If you do it just to do it, it's painful. But if you do it for a purpose, it, it's meaningful. That's fantastic. This is the, uh, I mean, literally, guys, we went through the first maybe, I don't know, 25 pages of the mm-hmm. book. This it, it is an amazing read. I couldn't put down the first part. I can't wait because I just started this morning. I can't wait to read the rest of it. The book is Freelance to Freedom. Where does everybody get it, Vince? Oh, you can go to Barnes & Noble, Amazon, anywhere like that. Our, our website, thefreelancetribe.com. We sell it there. Anywhere where books are sold. It just came out four days ago, so it's pretty cool. And everything we talked about here is just about the getting out of debt part, but yeah. that's only the beginning. Uh, tell me what the rest of the book's about. Yeah, that's part one from start to finish, paying off the debt. You know, the debt-free screen with Dave Ramsey, kind of just building a life of freedom. And then the second part is... is same space. It's, it's basically how anybody can do it. It's all the lessons that we've learned. You know, there's five phases, you know, escaping the seeds of discontent, which is about 80% of the people don't like their jobs and want to get out of it. And then starting the side business, then optimizing that business, get, freeing up your time as well as your money. Fourth part is freedom, which is basically when you have time freedom and you have money freedom, then you get mental freedom. And then all the ideas and opportunities come up then. That's the greatest part. And then phase five is just, you know, Independence Day every day where you could do what you want every day in life. That's awesome. Thanks so much for stopping by. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Hey, everyone. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Duggan. My buddy Vincent said I could give away some of his books. Wasn't that nice of him? Plus, proves again that he knows the real star of this show, me. Here's the deal. Go to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Vincent, and your name will be in the drawing for one of 10 of Vincent's three books. All right, enough of that. Roll the real music. It's time for your favorite segment of Stacking Benjamins, my trivia. Before I get to that, let me tell you, I am sick and tired of these so-called Hallmark holidays. 
know what I'm talking about? I mean, we've got Halloween, something called Christmas, and this New Year's Eve malarkey. Come on, people. Today's the real holiday. You know what it is. I know I don't have to tell you, but I will just in case. Today is, of course, National Ditch Your Resolutions Day, which comes in the nick of time because my shake weight just broke. I got to head to Joe's mom's storage unit and fish out my original thigh master and make my thighs great again. Which brings us to today's trivia. How's that for a segue? I learned it all from Joe. What is the difference between a health savings account and a flex savings account? The answer, right after these messages. Support for the Stacky Benjamins podcast comes from TurboTax Live, new from TurboTax. Now you can get a personal review of your tax return with a CPA or EA right on your screen. Quickly connect to a tax expert via one-way video as often as you need for answers and advice on your taxes. You can even have an expert review your return before you file, making any necessary changes, and it's all backed with a 100% accuracy guarantee. File with complete confidence. Connect with the TurboTax Live expert today at TurboTaxLive.com forward slash SB. That's TurboTaxLive.com forward slash SB. Hey, stackers, we get used to those same daily routines, don't we? Wake up at the same time every morning, brush our teeth, park the car in the same spot at work every day, recite jokes in the mirror to be funnier than that jerk of the water cooler. Or is that what just me? Here's one thing you shouldn't make routine, using the same credit card from the same bank just because that's what you've always done. Nick Clements from Magnify Money explains why. I mean, it's never been a better time, honestly, to find a credit card, especially given the lucrative sign-on bonuses that are out there. Chase just recently had 100000 on their reserve card. I, I think we're at a point right now where credit cards are extremely profitable for large banks and they are really wanting to get more customers. And so they're they're rolling out the red carpet. So I would just say if, if you have had a credit card for more than two or three years, chances are there's a much better deal out there for you today. So why stick with that same old card with those rewards that haven't changed in years? You can use MagnifyMoney.com to always find best in class, including better interest rates. And don't only use Magnify Money for credit cards. Nick and the team have built the site from the ground up to help with personal loans, student loans, and mortgages. Average person saves $450 in interest when they hit stackcubegements.com forward slash Money. Hey, trivia fans, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, back with your trivia answer. The question, again, was, what's the difference between an HSA and an FSA? The answer comes straight from OG. An FSA, or flexible spending account, is something you can open only if your employer allows it. Plus, you have to spend all the money in your FSA by the end of the year, or you forfeit the money. Oh, and you can't invest FSAs either. Anyone can open an HSA as long as you have a high deductible insurance plan that pairs with an HSA and you don't have to spend the entire amount in your account every year. That means you don't have to predict your expenses in advance. You can invest the money in your HSA and use it for health-related expenses. As that one guy on the radio used to say, now you know the rest of the story. See ya! FSAs versus HSAs. Don't you don't you ever feel like Doug's just pretending he's not listening while he's listening to us talk about the headlines and taking notes? He's got to be taking notes, right? Or maybe somebody's feeding him the intel. Maybe we have a mole. If he took production plan. If, if if Doug took notes, he he wouldn't be Doug. Like <laughs> if if he actually took tons of notes, he'd be uh, a little like uh, Hauser. Yeah, maybe a little wiser. Uh, big thanks too to Vincent for coming down to the basement. How, how what a great story, man! Just getting yourself out of debt, your family out of debt, and you know life isn't about necessarily being frugal. But man, for him, step one, right? Get rid of your debt, get into a cash lifestyle. Can't agree more. Especially Can't if you want to do what he does. You know, you want yeah, freedom. Travel around and do all this stuff. Super cool. Yeah, you, you got to have like low low maintenance requirements if you want to be able to do all that stuff. Yeah. And the key there with freelancing, I love the fact that he's so 
confident about his ability to earn money because he doesn't need that much that he can charge more. Like I think a lot of people don't realize when they freelance, when you can focus only on thinking long-term, if all you got to think about is long-term, you don't got to worry about how to eat tomorrow, you're going to make decisions completely differently. And the other side of that is true also. If you're only looking at you know tomorrow, if you're only thinking about how do I eat tomorrow, then you're not building your business or your career in the most efficient trajectory. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, hey, let's throw out David Lifeline and tackle some of life's or rather life insurance's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they're disrupting the life insurance industry by focusing on those two things that you value most. Definitely HSAs and 401k matches. <laughs> or your family and your time. It's why they created a high-quality, affordable term life insurance policy issued by Mass Mutual. You can purchase entirely online. Qualified healthy applicants, guess what? You can skip the medical exam. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now for a free quote and to learn about life insurance the modern way. That's stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life. Guess what? We actually have a caller into the Haven Lifeline, and it's our new BFF, Chris. Say hi, Chris. Hey, OG and Joe. This is Chris from Not-So-Sunny, Florida. Hey, guys. Thanks for hosting the Greatest Transitions podcast on the interwebs. I actually have a financial question for you today, which I realize is not your forte, but maybe Doug could give you a hand. I work with a bunch of college students at my job, and since becoming a little financially literate myself, I've tried to pass on some knowledge to them. Uh, I wish when I was 20 that someone had taught me about the power of compounding interest and the Roth IRA. I probably wouldn't have to work so much anymore. Recently, one of these uh, students approached me saying that she had been approached by a professional financial advisor uh, and wanted to know if I thought that was a good idea and something that she should pursue further. I'm kind of torn on this. I have my own financial advisor and I think he probably knows what he's doing. Um, and I think it's an important part of a overall financial plan. However, at 20, it seems to me the things that she needs to be focusing on are paying off her student loans and any credit card debt, starting an emergency fund, and then maxing out her Roth IRA for the year. Since I know kind of her income level, I know that if she met all those goals, she would exceed her income level and probably wouldn't have enough to buy groceries. So I wanted your thoughts on this. Does a 20-year-old need a financial advisor or can they kind of do it all on their own? Um, and are there any resources I could point her towards so that she's not having to pay a whole bunch of money for a professional financial advisor, but maybe you could still get some help. Thanks for all y'all do. Take care. Thanks for the question, Chris. Wow. 20 years old and approached by a financial planner. What do you think? I would say most 20 year olds don't need a financial planner unless you're, you know, an NBA player or something like that. Yeah, because it really, it's less about age than it's about circumstances, right? I mean, if you're 20 years old, you've significant income, it's going into the wrong areas and you need to devise a better plan. 20 year old needs a plan like somebody else. But if she's a college student with not much income, looking at college debt, like at 20, I'm with Chris. I didn't need a financial planner. Well, what has my spidey sense tingling here is what could that person offer? Like what would the quote unquote advisor offer her? That would, you know, I'm thinking about it from the business perspective of it, right? What would he or she be able to offer this young lady that would make it worth his time? And my guess is, is that the only thing he could would be something that's really costly, right? It was a high so, commission thing or what something. Was, what know? was your first, be honest, what was your first thought? Uh, it's a insurance company. You know, I can think of the name and, you know... He's going to do uh, a long-term income analysis, and uh, that, you, for $50 a month, you can buy into this uh, thing, and I make $49 a month of commission. That's I, what I was thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm going the same way, and not only that, I think it's an advisor who's about to fail, and they're they're flailing, just reaching out to everybody possible because I don't think you reach out to the 20-year-old college kid unless you're nearly the end of your rope. Yeah, I agree. So back to the question he had, I guess, more specifically, I don't think that a 20-year-old in most circumstances is going to need a financial planner. Everything Chris says here is exactly right. You got to pay off your student loans. Dump money into a Roth if you can make that happen. Uh, focus on your cash flow and stay out of consumer debt as much as you can. Do those things. And then, yeah, when you have you know, your job and a 401k and you've contributed to the 401k for a while and you have, you know, now circumstances that require 
you know, some assistance, then you go looking. In the meantime, just listen to our show for nothing. Well, and a lot of people will hear that, and I totally agree. They will, they will say, well, that means that she just does those few things that you mentioned, OG, and she's fine. I think it still comes down to what Vincent talked about. When he got arrested, he was around bad people. And that, that I mean, to just quote him from 15 minutes ago, you are who you surround yourself with. So, oh, yeah. so for a 20-year-old to feed themselves great stuff, my kids read uh, Scott Trench's book and Aaron Lowry's book. And those are great books for millennials. They're both 22 years old. Uh, it's a it's a fantastic surround sound at 22. Like th- that's the thing I would say. It's not so much about a financial planner as it is about building surround sound and uh, you know learning what some of this jargon means because it's like riding a bike, right? So we said HSA, and I bet there's a bunch of people listening to this have no idea what an HSA was until today. Maybe they still don't know because we don't teach anything, <laughs> but but surrounding yourself with these terms and seeing how easy it really is, I think is a key to success at 20. Yep. Very cool. Thanks for the question, Chris. If you've got a question, would like us to throw out the Haven Lifeline to you, head to stackybedjamins.com. On the top of the page, you'll see questions for the show. And uh, Shannon's going to be sending out our Haven Life co-branded t-shirt, the greatest money show on earth uh, circus t-shirt, Chris. That one's coming to you, man. We also get letters down here in the basement. And today we have a clarification from our new friend, Kat. Kat says, Joe and OG been listening to the show for about a year and I love it, although I never learned anything. I heard you talking about 401k rollovers recently. Remember that when you said you were talking about rolling over 401ks and you were talking, OG, about how the day you leave, you can't roll over your 401k. It takes a little while. Yeah, generally speaking. It's about the payroll process, but go ahead. Yep. She said, I heard you talk about 401k rollovers recently, and you have to wait a month after leaving employment before moving the money. I work in HR and wanted to explain why you need to wait 30 days. I thought this was pretty cool. In most situations, the day an employee leaves, they're still owed another paycheck. If the person's biweekly, that paycheck will be paid on the next payroll run unless they live in California. Most folks also receive a final paycheck after their separation date with their paid time off payout. Those final checks, which may be paid two weeks after leaving employment, will have 401k deductions taken out and also receive a company match if that's a thing at their company. Those deductions and match then have to be submitted to the 401k company with their termination date. I always explain to folks that you should wait at least 30 days to make sure all the final deposits go into the account before moving or closing it. Hope this helps. Cat in Georgia. Fantastic. I mean, it even goes beyond that, too. We were talking at the very beginning about always paying attention. When Mrs. OG stopped working to stay home with baby, one of the things that we thought about was what to do with her 401k. She was quitting her job and she may choose to go back, but her company does an annual 401k match. And so you do the whole like, oh, great. Yeah. You know, we're going to leave in January. 401k is paid in February. Right. So we were talking about it. She says, well, let me call him and ask him. And so she calls the HR people and the HR people say, no, no, no. Our fiscal year ends October 31st. Okay. As long as you're employed that day, we will pay the 401k match for the year, even though we're not paying it until the end of February. Well, she left at the beginning of January, right after the first of the year. But we knew because, again, you pay attention and you talk to HR, just like Kat's saying here. We knew, hey, don't roll the 401k over, right? Let it sit there for two more months because the matching's coming at the end of February and then, you know, we can move it in March. So as Kat was uh, explaining that, as I'm reading the letter here, I'm thinking of the number of times when I was a financial planner that somebody would either come in or we'd have that happen where, oh, guess what? We rolled this thing over. And it paid a dividend or the match hit or something yeah, happened. Yeah, I got a statement that says I have $32 in <laughs> Right. <laughs> and you got to do it again. There's a whole nother set of paperwork for uh, very little payout. Thanks for that clarification, Kat. Once again, if you've got a note, we prefer you to use Avon Lifeline. Head to stackybedjamins.com, though. And no matter how you want to get a hold of us, at the top of the page, you'll see questions for the show. Click that link and you'll see all the ways that you can get a hold of us. One way... We talked about it at the beginning of the show. I'm so excited. Seattle, two days from now, people will be listening on Friday, and I'll be partying with all you Seattle peeps. So uh, write to me, joe at stackybedjamins.com, and let me know if you're going to join us. 1221 East uh, Pike Street, Capitol Hill, 
Elysian Brewing is where we're going to meet. So should be a blast. Have one for me. Going to have uh, maybe more than one for you. In spite of me. We do it the way <laughs> you do it. We'd have like yeah. three for you. <laughs> uh, thanks to everybody who leaves a review of this here podcast. It's always funny seeing some of the, the fantastic reviews. This one is going on Mom's Fridge. Five stars from Johnny Investor says, My very first finance-related five stars. Having been listening to Stacky Badges for about eight months or more now, stumbled upon them because my employer is a sponsor even though Joe and OG says we should, would not learn anything from this podcast. Unfortunately, I think I've learned a few things from listening to the show. Doug is hilarious and narcissist as well. Is, is Doug hilarious? I think narcissist is good, but hilarious? I don't know. Yeah, half, half that's right. Yeah. They have good guests on their show as well. Keep up the good work, guys. Thanks, Johnny Investor. Love that. And uh, mom is so proud. She is going to make sure that's on the fridge when the Bridge Club comes over. Also... You need help in your corner in 2018. OG's taking clients. You want to know more to get on his calendar and find out what it would take to get him in your corner. Did I say that correctly? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Stackingbenjamins.com forward slash OG. Uh, you know, it's getting late in the show when I don't even know what the heck I'm, I just said. Yes. Coming up on Friday, Andy Hill from Marriage, Kids and Money podcast is going to join the roundtable. And uh, we'll see you guys back here on Friday. Go stack some Benjamins. Bye-bye. Sure thing, Joe. I'm going to let you get back to taking more selfies. I'll tell everybody what they should have learned today. First, working hard and getting nowhere? Take advice from Vincent Puglisi and ditch your debt and lower expenses. The quicker you can focus on long-term gains, the better. You can charge more if you're a freelancer, and you can invest your money more aggressively. A double win. Second, have an HSA that's largely in cash. Any money you don't need the next few years, you should invest so that your money beats inflation. Grow your HSA money like you would an IRA or Roth. But the big lesson? Who needs to buy a new shake weight when you're mixing martinis all day for Joe's mom and her bridge club? I'm getting huge workouts while these ladies get lit. Special thanks to Vincent Puglisi for stopping by the basement. You'll find his book, Freelance Your Way to Freedom, wherever books are sold. Want to help out the show and buy Vincent's book? Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Amazon to buy it. And Amazon will give us a little thank you. You know, just a little something for the effort. When you're done messing around with us, who do you want to teach you some money tricks? That nerd who talks over your head or your favorite basement-based geeks? Kathleen Selmans operates our Stacking Benjamins classroom. And to make up for the fact that we don't teach you anything here on the show, she's created a whole lot of tools you'll absolutely love. Head to learn.stackingbenjamins.com for details. And use coupon code DOUGROCKS for 10% off. Yeah, you're welcome. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm wondering if KY Jelly is actually made in Kentucky. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor.
Hey, how's that? No sweets, New Year's resolution working out for you. Good. You know, I broke my um, no more mayhem New Year's resolution. Damn, that feels great. I'm sure it does. So, you know, when you say no sweets, you mean like no pudding? Yep. What about, you know, cake? Can you eat cake? No. How about a 26-pound party python gummy? Where did you get that? <laughs> well, cheat day, hmm? No. Go more for me. It's a 26 pound party. Fit. I generally don't like those mayhem ads. I think they're kind of dumb, but that. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? What that, don't you like about them? I think that one's fantastic. Have you seen the whole series, the latest series where he was, he turned over a new leaf. He had a resolution. Did you not see any of these where he was? No, no, no. Oh, I was, you don't even get how funny that is. So starting in the sugar bowl or right around there, he was uh, having a new year's resolution. He was not going to do any more mayhem. He was doing things to protect you. So he was standing on top of the dude's house and the kid's like, hey, what are you doing up there? He's like, I'm a lightning rod. <laughs> Just looking out for lightning. And then there was one where he was a uh, road flare. Well, they need to get they needed to get better. Get better. They're already awesome. No, I'm saying before that, I really didn't. I fall on your house. I, and he's just falling around stuff. And I don't know. Come on. The blind spot one where he's like hanging on the side of the car and the woman's driving. I do like this. He goes. I'm your blind spot. The woman looks in the mirror and his face is there and he goes, you're good. And she turns into the semi truck. I do like the 15 year old kid who, who, who 10 bucks an hour doesn't do it for me to pay attention. while I'm yeah. mowing your lawn. I think that was pretty good. Mowing the grass. Hey, we got 50 million movie reviews to do. So hey, I got a real funny thing to tell you real quick. So my uh, partner calls me and he goes, Hey dude, you have Netflix, right? I said, yeah. He goes, do you like, um, mobster type movies oh yeah i mean sure yeah I, he's like like godfathers type stuff i go i, mean, I know where you're wild. going i go sure and he says uh dude there's this show it's it's like new on netflix you're gonna love it it's called like peaky blinders i'm like i'm not watching it. <laughs> he's like what dude it's awesome you're gonna love it it's like it's ex it's right up your alley i said i have this thing when joe goes over the top about like one particular thing and go and, and he sells me so hard on like you're gonna love it. It's totally. I go. I just can't do it. Like I've never listened to the, any episode of Serial, and I know people are gonna go. Are you kidding me? That's like the greatest thing ever. Liz is watching this thing right now called like The Making of a Murderer or something. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Apparently, that's all the rage. I'm like, yeah, I'm not watching. That. The only person who loses in that equation is you, probably. Because Peaky Blinders, you would totally love it. it season four just came out. It, it isn't. Maybe, maybe you, I'll like you know, sit in the closet and watch it on my iPhone and not tell anybody, but, but, uh, you're getting surrounded now. Don't you feel like you're getting surrounded? Yeah. Oh yeah. Now I'm even more defiant. Like, oh yeah, I'll just not watch this for the rest of my life. I don't even care. Well, let's get to one of these movie reviews. Cause yeah, we, see something. Yeah, we are stacked up. This is a movie by Guillermo del Toro. Mm, guy who's known for monster flicks. And this is his new one called the shape of water. If I told you about her, the princess without voice, what would I say? Eliza, come on. Eliza, hurry, hurry. She can hear you. You clean that lab, you get out. This may very well be the most sensitive asset ever to be housed in this facility. You may think that thing looks human. Stands on two legs, right? But we're created in the Lord's image. You don't think that's what the Lord looks like, do you? This creature is intelligent, capable of language, of understanding emotions. One of my favorite movies going back is Pan's Labyrinth. Have you ever seen Pan's Labyrinth? Uh, nope. Fantastic movie. Guillermo del Toro, the director on that film as well. He usually has monster flicks, and this is no exception. A man working for the government, Michael Shannon, plays the role of Richard Strickland, 
drags this guy from the jungles. This guy, this thing, he this this sea monster thing looks like the monster from the Blue Lagoon, right? Stands on two legs, has gills on the side of its head, but really kind of a humanoid shape. Brings it, and the the uh, in this testing facility, they are running a series of very very uh, grueling tests, and it seems like they're slowly killing it. Well, Sally Hawkins plays the mute woman that we're talking about on the clip and her friend Octavia Spencer, who I I think Octavia Spencer is just great OG and everything she's in. I mean, that woman just fantastic uh, actress, but Sally Hawkins is as well. I've never seen her in a starring role. I've seen her in a lot of supporting roles, but these two women are just cleaning and they slowly get involved. And this is the story when Sally sees uh, who's Eliza Eliza decides that she's had enough and she uh, decides to rescue the monster. This not only was my favorite movie of 2017, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's been two weeks now since I've seen it and I can definitively say that this is on that short list that you make. And I see what between 40 and 70 movies a year. This is on a very, very short list of films that are just fantastic. The use of Colors, like usually when the director gets involved, you know, I've talked about this before, where you really can see the director just shoving themselves into their movie and it's kind of annoying, you know? In this case, you see these directors' things. Like this is supposed to be a supernatural story, supposed to be a little bit of a fairy tale, like you heard with the music at the start, which means Del Toro can do some things that he doesn't usually, that a lot of directors can't get away with. So um, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to go into, too much about what happens here but if you just if you like a good good movie rated r but for some nudity not really of a violent movie a little gross uh, there are some parts that there's some things early on in the film the guy who captured the sea monster loses his fingers and so you see fingers on the floor and it just that part's kind of gross but uh from the start to finish without you know i could talk about this film for 20 hours which is why i'm hesitating because I think I should just say, go see it. Okay. Uh, best movie of all time. Not best movie on the short list. Short list wh- of wh- all time. Wh- like where on the short list? Like top 10? Easily top 10. It's still too soon to say. I mean, right now for me, I think it's number two, three, or four. Like what's number one just as a. Oh, number one for me, my favorite movie of all time is Midnight in Paris. Ah, I could have guessed that, actually. Midnight, I remember you talking about that all the time. Midnight in Paris is my favorite movie. My second favorite movie is Lawrence of Arabia. Love Lawrence of Arabia. Fantastic classic movie. I love Patton. I think Patton's an, an, an incredible film. That's going to be near the top. As is, I really liked Nebraska from a few years ago. I thought that was, I thought Nebraska was, was great. But anyway, this film just, just so well done. So tight, you know, when you go in and you see a a story and you're just, you're in the story, it's suspenseful. You want the good guys to win and the bad guys to lose. There's some action. There's some, there's, there's some feeling in it. I mean, this, this idea of loneliness in this movie, if, if you see this movie, and you're somebody that likes thinking about like the themes in a movie, Del Toro talking about loneliness. And, and this woman is loneliness personified because she can't communicate like everybody else can. And she's so lonely, which makes her want to, which makes her put these feelings into the monster's head that may or may not be there. You know, she thinks because she's lonely that he's probably lonely too. Mm Mm-hmm. And even the guy that captured him, who sees the monster, what it is, as what it is, you heard in the in the trailer, him talking about, well, we're made in God's image. That's not God's image. Like that's a that's a horrible thing. He's thinks he's right, but he's incredibly lonely. It shows him with his family, shows him with his work. There's a hilarious scene where where he goes to buy a Cadillac and the salesman comes over to him and starts talking to him. He's like, No, man, I'm just looking. And then the next scene, he's got he's bought the car. Because he's so easy to sell because he's so lonely and he so wants to be respected. And mm-hmm. just the characters are just so well. I was so happy to see Guillermo del Toro win, win uh, the Golden Globe for Best Director. I was sad that three billboards beat Shape of Water for Best Movie. As I said earlier, three billboards is just so depressing and it's so hard to like. Like and I love all the all the people in it. Frances McDormand is best actress in the Golden Globes. 
I get it. Great pick, but best movie? Yeah, Shape of Water's way better. So, okay. Okay, I only got like 40 more movies to talk about. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I got to catch up. And I got a great TV series I'm watching too, which which we'll we'll talk about. I'm not going to not going to go into that. I also have a bad TV series that I can I can talk about. Man. All right, we'll see everybody Friday. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.